Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Simmer down with John Simpson. Brady Kachuk with the tip. His 100th goal in his 300th game, and it's a Gordie Howe hat trick to tie it. The sickest Ottawa Senators podcast. It's going to be sick. It is certainly going to be all of that. And if it's high noon in the nation's capital, it's a beautiful Wednesday. What does it mean? It means a little time for Simmer Down. And it's also kind of cool from the North Manitoba State. And you can see my beautiful Auto Atletico jersey. Thank you to Jeff Hunt, owner of Atletico and a big-time listener. It is our first time to have a Sens game day. And the temperature has turned way up. And I also got to caution you. Echo the dog is here. And she has a bit of a tendency to come up and kind of sniff around, look around. So if you see me motioning with my right hand here, I'm actually petting my dog. I like the dog, not myself. So just, just a, a, a cautionary tale there. And now, of course, let's welcome in from his Gatineau penthouse, my other soccer buddy here. It is How Justin doing? Murray. How doing? I'm excellent. Look at that bad. Now, <laughs> yeah. now here, here's the thing. My first soccer jersey, Justin, I ever got as a kid. Uh, my dad had gone over for a, a swim meet with my brother. They brought me back a Manchester United jersey, 1980 vintage. That's Ooh. when they actually had a logo on it. Yeah. I know you're, a, I'm sure you're a huge fan. Is yeah. that one of the more complexing things when you look at your jersey, which I assume you said is Manchester United, of not really knowing necessarily what jersey that is that you have on because yeah, it's all about I mean, the sponsors? Yeah, 100%. I think uh, the people in uh, Manchester could pick out every jersey when who the sponsor was each year, but it's yeah. a little more difficult yeah. for me. But it, yeah, do you I'll think we'll of- ever, do you think that would ever happen in North America? Uh, I don't think with the main logo. I think people yeah. love the logos. They sell jerseys because of that. But I think yeah. adding a little bit on uh, kind of makes a little bit of sense, especially yeah. where we're going here. Did you yeah. find yourself having traveled over into Europe? I, I found myself, I, I don't want to go the full thing, uh, but I appreciate it. And I loved in Finland and the little towns that basically your way to op- advertise. I don't have a TV station. My yeah. players are going to be that. And I got to be honest with you. I, I found it kind of cool. I don't want it, you know, full on here in North America, no. but I kind of got used to it. And I th- yeah, I thought, I think the local aspect is uh, interesting as well. I, I think heart and crown was on uh, the jerseys for this Ottawa soccer team at one point. Yeah, as well. yeah, um, yeah. So it'd be, it, I mean, everyone's loving the local, so it would yeah. be interesting. I mean, obviously local doesn't bring in as much money, but no. I mean, something like Shopify or yeah, uh, stuff yeah. like that could be very cool. Um, well, I, d- I just find it interesting. The, the contrast, Justin, between the sports, and I, I agree, and I kind of look at it and say, well, soccer is by far the most popular sport on the planet. Now, we look down the road to the Montreal Canadiens. I think most of us would agree. I grew up a Habs fan. That's the most precious logo in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Well, I look at Manchester United, if they did it, but that is, to me, where some of the things are different. I don't think we could ever have the appetite for, we get mad about players leaving a free agency. Could you imagine if they start selling off your best players? Yeah, and can you be- imagine the Montreal Canadiens might have been relegated by now they might yeah. be playing in the american hockey league 100 or well i mean <laughs> they might have more money to spend though i guess too uh it is well, interesting it's, it's like yeah. true capitalism over there where we're a little more socialist in our sports yeah. with the draft and everything yeah, um, yeah i don't I, I i can like i'm i'm a complete bandwagon fan and we yeah. used to always have fun with it when i uh grew up i was a cowboys fan when i moved to dc i became a redskins fan yeah. when i moved to rhode island it was like well how, how can you not be a pats fan now yeah. I'm kind of a free agent when it comes to it. And I make no, no, I have no problems with that because, and I do appreciate those people in soccer when you're part of the EPL and you know, you have no chance to win every year <laughs> yeah, and you're still is. balls out. You're still passionate. You love your team. And just yeah. as your players get good, it's like being on a farm team. All of a sudden they're sold to the big boys. Or I don't know if you've ever gone on Manchester United's website. It's incredible. How yeah. many players that they loan out to other teams? Hey, get my player good, and then just as he's pretty good here, we're gonna recall him to the big boys. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's definitely definitely interesting. Uh, yeah. I've really learned to love it, uh, kind of since my hockey days were done. Um, yeah, it's just a completely different sport, and oh, uh, man, yeah. it is interesting yeah. to see. But and I think soccer and hockey, as the game is played, closely relate as well. Um, just with the free flowing of it, uh, the movement, yeah. the spacing. All that stuff, obviously, the physicality is much different. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they're, they're, they do take parts from each other. Yeah, interesting. And I, I don't get into it. I, I don't think watching it's nearly the same, but I understand what you're saying. And if we want to go kind of historical, first of all, last year, 
so jealous for our, our good friend AJ Jackie back end up going to the World Cup of Soccer. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything more passionate on the planet. I, I, I was in living in Belarus one year and I didn't have any English TV. All of a sudden I'm watching Al Jazeera and, and there's all this gunfire going on. And I wasn't going to duck because I was in Belarus, but I'm like, oh, my God, there must be a war breaking out in the Middle East. Then I realized one of the countries had qualified for the World Cup of Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. It's it's oh, life or death for that. It, stuff. it is. Yeah. It is when yeah. it comes to your home country. It literally that moment. And if you're able to get over the hump, and we saw that, of course, with Argentina this year, you know, club sports just aren't the same thing. So I think it is kind of cool with the logos, with the stuff, and just for a historical sure. perspective. I think one of the people. I don't think I know the the system that revolutionized hockey in the 1950s was the Soviet Union. And yeah. the, what the Soviet Union brought over was the lead of their soccer program. It was their mm -hmm. soccer program that actually created the national team uh, philosophically yeah. and way to play structurally, but more importantly, uh, all of the training drills. So when you look at today's National Hockey League, and I guess for the European players, right, uh, we well, see soccer all over the place. We actually touched on that yesterday, kind of hitting the holes. Yeah, and 100%, even hockey players look more like soccer players than they used to look like old school hockey players. You know, they're just a little more leaner. They're super strong, oh, great big core, time. great big time. Big legs, but yeah. uh, leaner through the chest and, and through the arms now. Yeah, than before. isn't that incredible, uh, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, it's all ass and legs. Yeah. I remember I used to go into the Caps locker room when I first got drafted. Everyone's all jacked up, and you yeah. got the tough guys that are all, well, some of them on the roids, but yeah. the body types, the body types, Types now, I see some of these NHL players. Long I remember seeing new. I, I remember seeing Ryan Nug Nugent Hopkins, and I'm like, "There's no way that guy's going to stay healthy." Like mm -hmm. you watch a guy, even like Quinn Hughes, some of the upper yeah. bodies, as you say. But I think that's changed in all the sports, right? Like yeah, we see 100%. a lot more of the core to the ass and legs. And even when you turn on now and you see the soccer players, and we don't look at, I don't look at it in this jersey, but they yeah. kind of got a little bit of a V action going. Yeah, you know what I mean? Pretty good pecs, a little bit of vanity. Yeah. I think a little tiger yeah. action, right? You want to yeah. throw around the bench press, say eh? curls for the girls, yeah. a little bench press just to kind of get <laughs> things going, even right? athletically. Yeah, no, yeah. but it's uh, it is a monster sport. So fun. We're not going to go full 90 today, but I thought yeah. I have my soccer yeah. gear. I got yeah. my uh, water bottle from my buddy Matty like here, it. little Canada I in, action. I was in Columbia actually when uh, the first game of the Canada in the World Cup for Canada, and we uh, had a bunch of flags up and oh, Canadians nice. was popping in from all over to the bar that we were at uh, yeah. watching. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Yeah, is the weed legal in Colombia? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Yeah, lots, you, of, you lots about, of tacos and drinking, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, but you think about it. When I think about drugs, I always think about Colombia. And yeah. was it Colombia that they ended up? Was it, did they shoot the goal to the goalie key or the guy that let the the guy that tapped the goal? It was the, the, the It was a TSN. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The TSN yeah. did the thirty for thirty on it. It was that's really, right. That's really right. Interesting. The two Escobars, yeah, ended up being murdered by uh, yeah. was that Escobar's people? Uh, um, no, it was a random that on the street. That oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. But it's actually funny when you look at Colombia, what he ended up putting back into. I'm I don't know if I'm mixing up Escobar as no, the, no, uh, you're, the you're right. okay, but how much it how much he actually put back into the infrastructure yeah. and what yeah. part of that was the passion for soccer, you know, kind yeah. of the drugs. So I'm a documentary guy. I've watched yeah, every same. single and not, not a mega soccer guy, but I yeah. love the documentaries. And if anybody's out there and wants to know what it's like to own a soccer team or a sports team and the passion if you're an owner. Watch Sunderland till we die, yeah. because it is really one of those documentaries that, first of all, and I could rely, kind of relate to this, Justin, of when I went to Sault Ste. Marie in 1985, you know, I'm a young kid. I, I've lived at home. I'm soft as church music. Never even had a cold beer. I arrive in good old Sault Ste. Marie. The old, it's like a, sla or not a slap shot. The old mill is shutting down and everybody's yeah. everybody's miserable. And I was the worst goddamn goaltender. They had come off of a season the year before, 33-0 and 0 at home. And people were like, you know what? It's going to be kind of cool this year if we lose a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, well, feast your eyes on me and goal. We're going to lose a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up going some friggin' 1355 and something. And did I stink? But man, oh man, did those guys give it to me? I, yeah. I, I dreaded there was a quartet of them. And I guess this is the flashback I have. We're talking about 38 years ago. I had to make the switch to the second period. And I'm in, I'm in supposed to be in the homeland, yeah. supposed to be with the good guys. And there were four guys at the top railing. Simmer, you suck. <laughs> just, <laughs> there was nowhere to hide. And they were accurate. My point yeah. being on the Sunderland till you die speaks to a mill town that's kind of dying. So you don't have happy people, right? All of yeah. a sudden you're relegated and then it gets into ownership and it really touches on one of the things that in the cap era, there's some control on it. But what we understand yeah. with people think that owners around the world end up watching it, you know, how did they make money? Yeah, they made money. 
but this becomes a whole different animal when you own a sports team, right? It's eagle. You're yeah. going to do things financially that you would never do in a normal world, no. but you want to, you want to win at the yeah. end of the day. You want to be passionate. And as I said, if anybody gets yeah. an opportunity, it's kind of cool to watch mm -hmm. that, uh, just the passion they end up bringing. So how was your day yesterday and how are you enjoying a little sunshine here today? Good, good, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good day. Um, had a little meeting after, uh, the show yesterday and I have one again today. So I do oh, mortgages. Nice. So if yeah. anyone uh, needs a mortgage purchase, <laughs> renewal, refinance, you reach out to me and, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take care of you. Yeah, we got a little echo of the dog here. Let's say, yeah. say hi, echo. Hey, girlies. Uh, yeah, no, I find that interesting too because now uh, for 11 years, I haven't worked every day and it's now nice to have a routine, wake up. Just bought this beautiful new coffee machine, as I said yesterday, and I'm not yeah. a coffee guy, but it is orgasmic, the coffee that I'm putting out here. And it's just like this feeling of utopia. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. echo? And, and so I really, I have found myself now I'm upset when there's not a sense game day. And I got to say, I'm not getting fired up in a sense of, oh my God, Claude Giroux, Brady Kachuk, uh, what's DJ Smith going to do tonight? I'm just kind of looking around and I'm like, okay, I'm actually targeting now. And of all things with the pressure on the Sens, Justin, and there's no battle of Ontario. I mean, these guys are a yeah. big love fest. Brady loves Austin Matthews. We'll see a little bit. Ryan Reeves will be doing his usual stuff on social media, threatening all the players after the game that did stuff. And we can yeah. talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> what a useless man that yeah. guy's become. But I thought it's exciting, Justin, is that it is a game day. First time that we've had it here on the sick podcast. And I guess this thoughts on let's put a little wrap on because when we wrapped up the show yesterday, all of a sudden some quotes from Claude Drew came up. Brady Kachuk kind of backtracked a little bit, but Claude Drew was kind of quick to say, listen, there's a lot of pressure around the club right now. The last thing we need is the fans putting pressure on us on the coach. I guess just kind of thoughts on that, Justin, when you saw some of those quotes from, uh, I would say, obviously one of the, uh, the top leaders yeah. for the club. Yeah, I mean, he's been around. I think he's just trying to alleviate some pressure. Um, I mean, you see a lot of the fans having issues on Twitter and stuff with that, just saying, yeah, you know, yeah. hey, we pay, we, we, you know, we are, our voices should be heard. And, yeah, um, yeah. and, and I get it from both sides. Uh, but really, it's up to the players to not talk anymore, just go out yeah. and play. You know, if yeah. you're like, really, that's, that's go out and get a big win here tonight yeah. and yeah. set the tone and, and maybe get some momentum yeah. um, from it all. Yeah. And I, I'm a huge Claude Giroux fan. And one yeah, of the things I love about him legendary. is, that, you know, you, you talk the talk, Great you man. walk the walk, whatever the saying ends up being. I just found it interesting yesterday, a couple of things here. When you start to cross a bit of a line here and you look at the circumstance and first of all, you got Claude Giroux of all places. Uh, he ended up having five different coaches. Now I know it was a long tenure in Philly, but you know, via Terry, your uncle having worked there, but you know, just being around the national hockey league. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This, first of all, B, DJ Smith would have been long gone. They'd probably be on their third coach by now. When Mr. Mm -hmm. Snyder was the owner, are you kidding me that you're coming into a year like this, starting like this? The accountability. So it just yeah. kind of surprised me. It's one thing to back people off. But this idea that Claude Drew kind of put out yesterday of, oh, how dare you? And I can't believe you're doing this. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me where this club is at? So I feel like tonight, and this is one thing I'll say from the past couple of years under DJ Smith. I feel like the boys have always rallied. Now, I'm not going to use the we term like you do. I'm yeah. just going to throw out the boys. But I do think in this particular case, Justin, I, I'm excited for tonight. And I, I know that I, I kind of get the sense, knowing a, a team that's led by Brady Kachuk, I'm assuming that we're going to see a maximum effort tonight. Yeah. And why not? It's Toronto. Um, everything going on in the media. Um, yeah. you've, you've, you've protected your coach. And I understand why, because he yeah. is such yeah. a good dude um that you know maybe if you're pissed off at your coach you're you're not going to come out and say those things but very uh yeah. but dj is a good 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 lad and yeah. uh so they want to protect him but now tonight's the night um yeah. you're playing toronto it's a big game you need to get back on track here uh and and let's try and defend properly tonight and, and <laughs> yeah. you have a good chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately though, that doesn't happen. That, that no, is one of no. the things. And I, I pointed out yesterday on social media, Justin, this isn't a switch that the Ottawa centers are capable of turning on and off. There are teams like that, that have something in place. Maybe even the first half of the season, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, you play a little loose, you tighten it up around game 40. By the time you get to the playoffs, if you're the Boston Bruins, you hope you're a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that with Ottawa. The one thing I will say from experience though, and even when I worked for the Leafs, I thought was interesting. A lot of guys, as you pointed out, love going and playing to Toronto, right? I mean, I yeah. think Toronto now, now I know people in New York and Montreal might get a little fired up. Growing up as a kid, it was Montreal. But right now, 
Toronto's kind of the the heartbeat of the hockey industry. And when 100%. you go in there, I think guys see that as a big stage. And at the same time, I know they had a big win against Tampa. Um, certainly a little bit of pressure on the Toronto Maple Leafs right yeah. now as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're from Ontario or even Canada, you know you know you have friends and family watching um, Wednesday game. So there's less games on TV. This is the main attraction here tonight. So um, guys should be coming out firing uh, for multiple reasons. And and that's not everything though. Like we've we've yeah. preached on the structure, managing the puck, all those things that need to happen. You can't just be fired up. You need to come out and play smart as well. Yeah, and we'll certainly have an opportunity to break down the lineup. And it is interesting because certainly when we looked at Artem Zub, ended up being an ear situation. Then we later found out was a concussion. Uh, and I guess I'm a little surprised when we see that touch and go. What are the thoughts on uh, whether or not Artem Zub is and how much of a difference does that make, uh, Justin, as far as slotting? When yeah. you start to look at this group and it's almost like that swing of, and in particular, long change and being on the road, not getting the last change, having him in or having them out to me almost feels like that's going to be the difference whether or not they have an opportunity to win a hockey game 100 percent uh he's just steady eddie back there um simple he could guess the pucks to the forwards uh without them having to like worry about uh yeah like not getting it on the tape and stuff like that he's just long reach um i think he just plays the simple game and and that's what you need to win uh and when in terms of slotting obviously when you lose your better defenseman it, it bumps everyone up and it just makes that much more yeah. pain in your game yeah um, i wonder so, if we go i wonder if we go over to Haberosk and we're doing some scouting mm-hmm. i wonder if we ask him in in, in a translation here do you have any steady eddies like what, yeah. what do you think like i'm not thinking eddie the eagle like are yeah. we feeling more like a borat situation here like what are we looking <laughs> at when we come hey yeah, yeah. with that with that you know what and i gotta be honest with you because again anyone that understands where Haberosk is uh, it is basically right above China. It's near Korea. Yeah. Then you come over where he had played in St. Petersburg. I think it's seven time zones. So that's the equivalent yeah. of probably flying to Vancouver and then flying to St. John, probably getting a little kiss to cod. Do you see, and a guy like this, very humble, what a great, I love when the, 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 the fans are chanting Zuby. Do you feel like it was a Borat scene when he was leaving his village? Like, do you do you, well, do you kind of see he, he that didn't. that would have been Artem Zub <laughs> with his donkey and with no. his carriage and with his hockey gear getting ready to go off to the big yeah. promised land? Yeah, okay. like, I mean, he probably didn't really know what he was getting into, but the fans have taken a liking to him, and, <laughs> oh, and, and, oh. and it's great. I yeah. love to see that. Um, you know, when I was there, we didn't really have many Russians. Um, I yeah. was friends with uh, Ilya Zubov. Can, can we can we agree yeah. that maybe Brian wasn't the biggest fan of Russian but, hockey but, players? <laughs> I, he, but, he, but he but he loved Fedorov. He loved those big guys. I think you know. Obviously well, who doesn't? But I'm, yeah. I'm saying yeah. you know, what was the end of the road? The Philly Philly don't do rebounds. Yeah, was that the end of? Was that the end of? That was the Twitter before uh, Twitter was a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I had some friends breaking trades on there back in the day. Um, oh. And it's funny, you know, if there were a lot of old school people as you started getting in uh, traveling and we brought over some Russians and it was a struggle in Washington. Then we ended up with Sergei Gontra. That was the next layer. But there was no doubt how many people got burned by it. And then all of a sudden, when you had the KHL having money again, you know, all of a sudden there was, especially for the middle of the road players, it was no longer feasible for them to stay here. And it was like, listen, unless you're getting a bona fide superstar, then don't even bother. Just let them go home. Well, that's the thing too. You know, you want like uh, those bottom line guys. They're, they they might as well just play in the KHL. If you know they want to make yeah. money, if, if it's a difference between a, a couple million uh, over many years, I mean that's a big difference yeah. for your family. For so, sure, for sure. You know, you want to play in the NHL, but I understand it if if you're getting a big payday somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you see it now in in soccer, especially oh, God, um, yeah. golf. I mean, th- so maybe hockey was ahead of the curve on that uh, with yeah. the KHL, but. Um, it's, it's good. Like, I, I definitely think it's good to have a mix of guys in your dressing room. I mean, if you oh, have God, one yeah. Russian, it's nice to have a second as well. And, and yeah. it's probably made Tarasenko fit in a little more here too. And, and both of them fit in a little bit, you know, it's just life's easier. Um, I mean, yeah. as a kid that would have to go play sometimes with uh, a bunch of French hockey players, it, it was oh, a yeah. little more, a little more difficult to, you yeah. know, understand. And it was always great to have those guys that were bilingual yeah. or that could help you through that. Um, yeah. And, and make things easier and just day-to-day life over here yeah. is different. You know, like there, there's some prospects that I saw one particular in the OHL that got, mm-hmm. uh, gained some weight and uh, yeah. he wasn't used to the fast food and, and he's ended up becoming a bit more of a player and he, he leaned out yeah. his second year, but that was yeah. just, it was just, just a different world for him to come over here and, and, yeah. and experience that. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it is amazing to me because a couple of things, when the Russian players first came over, you had guys that all of a sudden were basically being, you know, 12 months a year, taking off had guys or 11 months a year, right? So all of a sudden you're practicing twice a day. I remember when that first wave came over with Fatisov, Kasatanov, the big five, well, all of a sudden Krutov turned into a Kruton. You were all of a sudden practicing from 1030 to 1130. And then they're looking around like, I got the rest of my day. I might go pound a thousand beers yeah. and eat as much food. Yeah. The discipline. They like the fast and, food. Oh, oh, and, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, hey, one of the things in Russia, and I remember being at the 87 World Junior with Czechoslovakia, hey, Coke is basically Sergei Goncher. I remember I brought him over, picked him up at the airport, speaking no English. I said, listen, uh, Gonch, what do you want to have for breakfast tomorrow? He said, I'd love a banana and a Coca-Cola. I'm like, hey, whatever. I'm not, yeah. pay, I'm not paying your dental bill. We got a dental program here. We'll work on your teeth. <laughs> But that transition, and that's also why I have so much more appreciation, Justin, for those young imports that come and play in the CHL. I wish all the Canadian kids could have the opportunity to go over and understand what these guys are going through. And that first wave that came over, as you said, trying to adapt, but the abuse that they took all of a sudden from the team, from the officials, you're like, oh my God, I wish every young man had the opportunity to go over and, hey, figure out the language, figure out how to perform, make all the adjustments of being a teenager and being homesick. Yeah. And let's see how you do. I think that would be yeah. a great life lesson. Well, yeah, and it's also 100%. why a lot of them have, have prospered so much. Yeah, that's that's the beauty about traveling too in general. You just kind of learn other cultures yeah. and see see the difference in our life and, and gain some perspective. Yeah, you really do. And, and what amazed me, and I would say this is probably late 90s, when I ended up having European players come over like Jan Boulis and Richard Zednick, different guys, their transition, they first of all, they had no intimidation anymore. They had met all these Canadian kids that they thought were tough. But we had brought, and I don't want to pick on, I don't want to pick on because our, our, our parent company or the mothership is out of Quebec. Some of the toughest players that I dealt with were from the Quebec area and northern Quebec. These guys yeah. would come in, their lack of language skills, their diet, everything else. It was like they had been closed off from the rest of the world. And I thought yeah. to myself, this, you, you think you're helping yourself? You're hurting yourself. Like, I couldn't believe how close the culture. Now, you got the Quebec League, you've got them out east, you got a different feel to it. But it was not easy for them to transition in where these Europeans are coming in and kind of seeing, hey, there's a path that has been laid before. This isn't that yeah. big of a deal. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting how things have changed over time. I mean, obviously, just even the internet, you, you can you know who got the guys are out there, you yeah. know the culture and everything like that. So it's a little yeah. easier. Yeah, and I think a lot of them too, even at a young age, have traveled around. They've done some of the yeah. big, big tournaments. They're not nearly as nervous. No. So, what are you feeling from a sense perspective uh, as far as a pressure point tonight? Is it equally on the coach now yeah. on the players? Like, have the player uh, have the players in a good way? Have they brought some pressure yeah. off, or is it I think, almost I think like okay? It seems like the pressure's on the players now. They've uh, they've said how they feel, and and I'm good with that. If you if you want to yeah. say how you feel, um, I mean, we criticize players uh, for not saying anything, and oh, then uh, yeah, and we criticize yeah. them for yeah. for saying what they what they believe in. So um, yeah. whether you agree with it or not, uh, at least they they stuck yeah. to their guns. But now it's time to have a good game, and I'm fully yeah. expecting them to play well tonight. Um, I I think you know just from the little quote I just saw about Giroux in practice too, about how there's a little more battle drills, a little more pace and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that gets you ready. Uh, yeah. When you practice hard, you play hard. When you practice yeah. hard, your the game should become easier, uh, yeah. I think. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I, I, that that's, it could be a high-scoring game, though. Again, you look yeah. at those those blue lines and uh, and the firepower up front for both both teams here, it could be – it could get, could get – High scoring pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and that is interesting too because kind of some of the old school, and I do appreciate Claude Giroux plays and probably one of the few Sens players that plays properly, yep, uh, right back into that whole working hard and everything else and battle drills versus working smart. And, of course, you're going to be on the road tonight. You're going to have an opportunity to see. Uh, is it pretty easy to say right now, flat out, that Austin Matthews is the best pure goal scorer in the National Hockey League as he leads with a nice juicy 13 mm. at this point? Yeah, he's he's looking that way. Um, yeah. I think last year he he probably wanted to come. Not that it was a, a terrible year or anything like that, but no, I think he just no. probably wanted to come back and make a, a more of a statement. McDavid had a big year last year, um, and he doesn't want to see him go by him too too far. So uh, scoring that will here. Um, I mean that shot's lethal, and he continues to improve. And mm -hmm. and he's he's there's another guy. These these bigger guys they continue to get stronger. They look like finished players, but they're they continue to get stronger and stronger and it just helps all parts of their game. Their shot becomes yeah. a little quicker. They protect the puck a little more. They, you know, 
get, you even get a little more bounces you're going your way whenever mm-hmm. you're in the right spots and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been good this year. Um, but mm-hmm. with the Leafs, it's always what, what they do in the playoffs, you know. Oh, exactly. No, no, that, you but, end up, uh, no, but yeah. you got to get there. So, um, yeah, he, you end up having the big five. Up. Yeah, yeah, and it is interesting looking at, at Matthews, and I'm sure there's a stats person out there that would watch it back in the day, but I guess I always had this stereotype, Justin, is that, hey, your centerman's your playmaker, and your winger's your goal it's, scorer. In yeah, this particular case, it's it's reversed, it's reversed between Marner and Matthews, yeah. and of course, uh, here in Ottawa with a guy like Josh Norris. Now, from a warm-up standpoint, our good friend Mr. Corpusalo, assuming it's going to be him against Justin Wall, we'll talk about Justin just in a minute here, but as far as Corpusalo, legs are outstanding. He certainly yep. looks good when he's moving around. Uh, the old up top here, the old Edward Scissor hands. What kind of a warm up are you recommending for him tonight? Is he, <laughs> if he goes against Tavares, Matthews, Marner, yeah. we'll even throw in yeah. a little wee, Willie, wee Nilly Lander. Nylander. Yeah, <laughs> big fan of his. Um, yeah. I think, I, I just think like you're definitely going to not want to be in the box on this, uh, giving them oh, time yeah. to fire away and have a firing range there. It's going to make it tough on the goalie. Um, I think I think you just want to protect the the center of the ice. I mean, you could hit all the mm-hmm. cliches, but it's true. Yeah. Um, you want to protect the center of the ice. You almost want to see five guys uh, on the camera screen whenever uh, you're in your own zone, and, and yeah. just not keeping guys to the outside and, and and closing on them whenever they shoot that puck. Yeah, and and when you also go through it, find it interesting. Is last year they were out of the gate on their power play with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they were yeah. operating well over thirty percent, and we yeah. see a tendency in that in the National Hockey League. Right now, they're sitting at fifth at twenty six point eight. Last year, they actually finished third at twenty six point one. As I said, came down a little yeah. bit. I think it's also interesting from a sense perspective. Uh, former coach who you worked with, Guy Boucher, has come in to, I guess, take over a power play that was already very good. Uh, yeah. But as you pointed out, that that is the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, right? I mean, you're going to realize that, hey, one in four chances, they're going to put the puck in the net. And quite, quite simply, what are you doing? Yeah. I guess just thoughts on, on Guy Boucher as well, because well, I know that was a lot of talk when he yeah. came into Ottawa, yeah. that he was kind of a power play specialist. Yeah, yeah, Guy's, Guy's an interesting guy. I I, yeah. I like Guy. Um, I think he can be rigid in some things, but also super creative in other ways. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's – you need you need a guy like that on your staff that kind of pushes – pushes the ideas to a new place you're not going to agree with everything but uh if you're if you can come up with you know a couple things throughout the year to help your team win i mean teams are always adjusting there's so much video now um you you got always have to be one step ahead of the curve and and i think that's that's where you're changing your assistant coaches over time it might not be that they've done a bad job or maybe you just bring in a guy that can kind of give new new fresh ideas um a guy that's been in europe he's seen how they play over there been here been in the american league been in junior it's been successful um and and if you could just pull pull some pieces from that uh to help your team i think it 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 does help and why so why the short shelf life you know you saw what happened in tampa bay here your guy comes in and again Mm. the system itself was not a whole lot of fun to watch it ended up taking you guys to the third round of the stanley cup playoffs game seven overtime everything else all of a sudden comes in the next year you could argue the team was horseshit but when you look at that like why has that happened or why did it happen in your estimation i I think i think when guys are rigid and and demand 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 uh, a certain level of play it it wears on guys and that's where yeah. you know the next guy for the sends let's say they ended up you know making a coaching change is probably going to have to be a guy like that and he might not yeah. last long you might understand that like okay yeah. we're, we need to change our structure and our bad habits and it's going to be a pain in the ass to do so we're almost yeah. going to have to overcompensate just to get that back to where we need to be and mm-hmm. then and then you can allow another coach to come in that like you, you know is more of a player's guy but still demands um, but it's a little more fair um and and with gee i think i think the system is harder on players you know most a lot of teams can't play the system a lot alike um yeah but but that was so different it's just oh man it's different for players players i don't think loved it um and and it makes it and there now gee if he was a head coach he might be playing a little different now too so yeah. uh, you always have to be changing you always have to be asking questions with other people in the league and and learning from them and and just always improving yeah i do wonder from a toronto perspective i i never of the thought you know i remember when when andrew burnett was hired by lindy ruff people were like well he's going to be taken over for lindy ruff first of all yeah. lindy doesn't care he just wants the yeah. best coach yeah i remember when bruce cassidy came in with claude julian then he becomes a coach I sure don't think that's the case in Toronto, but I do wonder 
when you're yeah. Brendan Shanahan and basically you're saying to yourself, listen, we got to do something in the playoffs. It's not a whole lot of fun. Would it be the perfect scenario to give Boucher, I mean, give Boucher the, the, the reins at game 60 and yeah. then just say, listen, I, I don't care how much the players hate it. Yeah, that basically left the lock or whatever you guys are running with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Do you deploy that with Toronto and say, listen, I really don't care at this point how exciting it is. Yeah. If this is what we got to do to win a championship or at least get deep in the playoffs, let's have Boucher take over. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a big Sheldon Key fan. Um, yeah, I, I, me too. And, and from in the past, I mean, Sheldon was a very structured uh, coach that wanted his players to play hard, especially in between the whistles. He really wanted you to play hard, uh, take no bullshit. Now, yeah. is the team makeup for that? They, I think they've tried to change that. Um, but you really don't, and it hasn't been going well right now, but you don't yeah. like what their, what their goal was is to be good in the playoffs. Now, yeah. can you just stumble in the playoffs and then all of a sudden be good in the playoffs because you have a couple of guys that, uh, you know, play a little tougher. Um, yeah. let's say, no, I don't think so. But, yeah. but it's when you, yeah, I mean, we saw it with the Brinkett last year when it's your first time with a, with a new team, uh, there is an adjustment. So I'm going to give them some time. Um, mm-hmm. they have their big guys can, drag them into the playoffs, but I think mm. I'll, I'll be looking at them more halfway through the year to see how their new guys are shaping up and if they're fitting yeah. in better then. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I, again, we'll get into Klinberg a little bit. As far yeah, as Domi I mean, and Bertuzzi, we'll see what ends up happening yeah. there, but I really always have looked at, and for John Tavares, he quietly competes. I look at even Mitch yeah. Marner for his size. Austin Matthews, we talked about Batherson. It's not really natural for him, and not that he's no. a soft player, but he doesn't play like that. And and yeah. did you did you, did I hear you say that you're a big William Nylander fan? Yeah, uh, I mean all what, my what? all my Toronto fans, if friends, if they're laughing, uh, yeah. they'll be laughing if they. Uh, are so listening. what? What are you? What are oh, you a fan of? The I, hair, the the well, flow, I, I the lackadaisical play. He, he the is lackadaisical. He is lackadaisical at times, but he is he's yeah. very very good stick. Uh, he yeah. possesses the puck. He's so creative. Um, now, do I want a team full of them? No, hundred yeah. percent. But I think yeah. I think he. You know, we look at the Sens, they they do not possess the puck as, as much as I would like them to. Oh, for sure, uh, for sure. And and he's he's good. He wins, he comes out with the puck a lot of the time. He's not fit and yeah. there's a guy who is physically immature for a long time. I think he's, yeah. he's physically stronger now. But I, I've forever I love I saw where he could get to, and I think he's shown <laughs> that. I mean, he's he was the guy that stepped up in the playoffs for them. He's yeah. Yeah. you know, and um I, I'm a, I am a fan of his. Yeah. And, yeah, and that, it, that contract, it, I mean, he was, he might've been their best. He was the best contract. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and no. what I understand he, at times you're like, ugh, but, but, but overall, I think that, uh, that he, he does help your team. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun debate. All the things that you're saying there are accurate. He is incredibly talented. There are times. Now, when it comes to the playoffs, I don't look at the stats, but I just look at it just when I watch him play. He becomes an incredible tease for me. I don't expect him to be Eric Lindros, but there is to me. He doesn't engage enough. He disappears a lot of times. And when it comes playoff time, yeah, he ends up putting up some points. He ends up being incredibly talented. But I guess that's part of my frustration, and I think you know as well, a lot of those players over the years I've learned, they kind of back you off by, listen, at times I'm going to tease you, I'm going to show you exactly what I can do, but the majority of the time, I'm going to take the pressure off because I'm going to back off a little bit, I'm going to play well, I am not doubting, I actually compared him to Kent Nielsen a couple of years ago, maybe not quite to that level, old school hockey fans. The guy's incredibly talented. How does dad as a player, one of the hardest worker, more intelligent players, but I guess I'll ask you that. And I'm not doubting the contract. Does he not come out with the puck, come out of the corner with the puck a lot though? He might not. I I don't, I don't, I don't find that. I don't, I don't find, I I, I don't find that he engages a lot. Like it now, does he come out? Let's watch, let's watch tonight. And the other thing he's really, he's like Tarasenko. He hits the areas where people are like, well, he scores yeah. yeah, he he scores goals in some of the areas. I'm okay. Okay, and that's good. You got to find that. But let's let's watch tonight. It'll be fun. Yeah, we can kind of report on what you see tomorrow. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't see a guy that engages all the time. And I just wonder also where you're at as the Leafs. And you mentioned about changing out all the furniture. Can you really be at this point? Tavares, you can't trade. Matthews, you nope. can't trade. In the case of Marner and Nylander, are you surprised that they haven't made one of those big moves at this point to say, listen, totally understand. I don't want to give these guys away. And Nylander yeah. now sitting there without a contract. I don't know. Well, you're not doing anything. Um, yeah. But are you surprised by now that they haven't made a decision on either Marner or Nylander for that matter? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's tough. Um, obviously, with the cap, I mean, the Leafs definitely thought the cap was going up, and then obviously, COVID changed that, so it changed their plans in kind of how they approach things. Yeah. So it was tough to trade. Um, I mean, what are you going to get back for them? I, I, they're they're great players, but you need you need a stable, high end defenseman if you're getting something back, and and teams aren't trading those guys, you know. Yeah. So it makes it super tough. Um, you're you're probably going to feel like you never get full value back for for yeah. those guys. Um, and I think Washington, you know, they kind of stuck with it. I think different situations, but they stuck with yeah. it and eventually won a cup. So I think that part of that yeah. is in the back of their minds as well. Um, yeah. But they, there again, you know, Matthew Nyes is obviously, I'm a big fan of his. He's going to help them. Um, mm-hmm. But their they're, they're bottom lines, you know, they've been trying to plug and play um, for a while where, you know, you look at those Caps teams, they, they had a well-oiled bottom bottom six that just yeah, went to time. work with, you know. So yeah. I think that's the difference. Uh, and then, you know, their back end, was a little better too. I think if if they had a little more stable back end, uh, it would be make a big big difference for them. Yeah, and getting back to the send side, and again, assumption is that Zub will be, and it is touch and go. When you look at the D slotting, all eyes for me are going to be on JBD on that right side with Chickering yeah. in the second pairing, and yeah. then I guess just up front. How different is it when you look at Justin Murray? When you look at a team like this for the Ottawa Centers being on the road, is there an essence of maybe a little less pressure? Maybe it's nice to get away from the booing. Maybe it's nice to go into a place like Toronto, but on the other side, when you get into the last change, you get into the long change in the second period. How much pressure, as you said, is that going to put it on Ottawa uh, to play accountably and to actually play with a little structure here tonight? Yep, hundred percent. I think it's going to be in the back of everyone's minds uh, for the players, you know. Um, but hey, you're going into Toronto. What more fun is that? If if oh, I'm yeah. a if I'm a guy that likes to compete, this is yeah. I, I'm loving this. You know, this is a chance to go go get a win, go play hard, um, and maybe uh, abuse uh, their team a little bit. You know, <laughs> the top guys, and then see what happens and 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 you know, I think that could, it could set a tone for uh, a little run here if they come out and do that. Yeah. And how different is that? Because we can look at the time and we'll get into some of the rumors here. And it's always funny. Rumors of Patrick Waugh. I'm sure yeah. he's in Canada, of course. Who doesn't yeah. want to be at the crazy I'm horse? i with him later, actually. No. It, exactly. <laughs> is it Tuesday nights that's popular at the crazy horse? Yeah, or you feel like, it, it, actually, Patrick Waugh would feel like he's in there as a grandparent at this point. Yeah. He's on a Tuesday night. But yeah. he's hopped in. Uh, there is a talk. There is a swirl around that. But from the Sen side, yeah. I mean, I, we see teams do it all the time, Justin, now, where they go into the hotel uh, the night before a playoff game. How nice was it to probably travel down to Toronto tomorrow uh, or yesterday? Hear everybody complain. I know they won. But hear all the claim, complain about the lease, be in a hotel, be focused, just be ready to rock and roll and not even just putting basically uh, all these crazy Ottawa people, fans and media uh, in the yeah. rearview mirror. Yeah, 100%. I think it's uh, it's it'll be refreshing to get away from it and also be in the hotbed of hockey where you can see that yeah. it's happening to other teams as well, right? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. between the Leafs and the Oilers and maybe throwing the flames there, um, oh. it, it's, you know, it's uh, it's tough for Canadian yeah. teams right now, but yeah. um, so it's, it's so it's not as bad as you think it is in Ottawa, I think. No. As a, and and it's just different realize. layers, too. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing in the Canadian market. I always feel like Winnipeg's in the middle and nobody cares, so they don't bother. Montreal, everyone thinks they're dog shit. So if they have a pretty yeah. good season, then Marty St. Louis, you know, the smartest man on the planet. Some yeah. of those other teams end up feeling a little bit different. But from an Ottawa perspective, interesting here. And I will get into, we're getting pretty close. We might as well discuss it, this ridiculous trip to Sweden. Actually, we did touch on it, sorry. But when yeah. you look at it, Justin, you're sitting there, you play Toronto. You've got the Vancouver Canucks that are in town today. They're going to be sitting there waiting for you. One of the absolute hottest teams in the National Hockey they League. I hate, to to get in, I hate to get into the small talk, but how much yeah. does it mean to come in and not work hard tonight? Not be yeah. like, oh my God, I'm so pleased. We were so close. We need a little puck luck. How important is it to get some results, to have a monster win in Toronto, yeah, come back yeah. and face Vancouver? Then you got Calgary Saturday, and maybe, maybe as you sail off, and they're going to be flying, I don't think they're sailing, maybe as you head over to Stockholm, you're starting to feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah, I think if you could get two out of three here for sure, um, yeah. that would that would help you on your road uh, to kind of getting going. I mean, obviously three would be nice, but that's probably unrealistic with a – with Vancouver in here tomorrow night, and that said, you know they could win that and then lose to Calgary or something crazy like that. But um, I think it's it's a it's a spot where um, you're playing a couple teams that are maybe in the same position as you, and then one team that's mm-hmm. flying. Um, so it's a it would be a good test uh, here. 
and yeah, um, and, see if and, they can what, step up. Yeah, yeah. I guess a little bit of the excuse, and and maybe it quite simply is the three defensemen going down. I think the Ridley Gregg one you can dig a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. But what was really refreshing, Justin, to start the first five or six games, uh, even when it ended up being one of the losses, and I can't even recall whether it ended up being the Island Pits, whatever it ended up being. It was like when they started for the 10 or 11 years here. And when Paul McLean first came in, I want some 200 foot hockey and I want to have fast starts. First of all, you don't have the personnel. You don't have the team to play like that. But I thought to start this season might've been the most refreshing where I felt like they were coming out strong. They were in control. And I guess gives me some confidence where I don't want the old rope a dope tonight on the first period where he outshot 20 to five corpus Dallas stands on his head. Yep. I feel like, and especially with zoo back, this team is more than capable to come out and actually take control of a hockey game. And yep. that was what was so refreshing right from opening night against Carolina. Yeah. I think like it was for the first uh, eight games, six of them, they allowed two or less goals. Um, and that's, to me, the recipe for success, and they and they yeah. won a lot of those games too. So um, I think you have to get back to that. I mean, and it is harder with Greg out and the defenseman out. Um, it makes a big difference. Uh, just saw even if you know we talked about Thomas Shabai. Just saw yeah. a stat about showing since he's been gone um, how how worse it's been on the back end, um, mm-hmm. which was I think a little surprising for some people as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, things haven't gone their way, but you have to battle through adversity and and it's the nhl there's no excuses and also what i think has really changed justin and i will write to thomas shabbat will be exactly that player and i touched on a little bit of performance and how you basically look at certain players let's realize that first of all and this was the part i said right away hey when thomas shabbat's out of the ottawa center's lineup for what you're replacing in this particular case jvd you're a lesser team but everything now in the salary cap world and i guess just overall expectations talent and then there's a price tag attached to it we're talking about a guy with an aav of eight million next year his actual salary off the books will be ten million dollars that part of it to me has to be and it's so hard on twitter but what I expect from Thomas Shabbat is obviously incredible. And right now, I agree when he's in the lineup, they're still better off versus yeah. out. But he is, would you agree, their third best option offensively right now? Chicken yeah, is 100%. taking over. No. And, and, and can you afford to have a guy that's kind of okay defensively? Yeah. Sure, you're better. But can you afford at $808 million a year no, 100%. to have that guy on your team? So, so no, I agree. And, and obviously, we've seen Thomas Shabbat play very, very well. Um, yeah. So you, you see that, but the flashes of that in the past. Now, I don't know for sure because I was very young, but like a guy that could ver- skate really well that I thought uh, people thought he was supposed to be offensive and then kind of changed his game into yeah. being a solid guy was Jay Bowmeister who could really yeah. skate. I, I know yeah. they're a little, yeah. they're a little different, but yeah. he, he was supposed to be offensive coming out of junior and he ended yeah. up just being a solid guy. Could yeah. with good coaching, could, could that yeah. become Thomas Shabbat? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but you have to look at things here. Uh, the coaching on, on defense hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like for a long time, Ottawa center defensemen haven't gotten better than what they, you originally thought they were going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, so, and, so and is that what, a talk- issue or yeah, is that a, yeah, is that a yeah. sis, uh, systematic issue that we have here? You know? Yeah. And it's amazing. Even with your time, Justin, one of the things I've always tried to figure out and obviously, you know, your dad and Pierre Dorian stepped up and drafted one of the best defensemen of all time in Eric Carlson. But yeah. since then, and that first crew and wave of Jared Cowan. I thought Jared would be a better player. I don't know if it was injury, the game changed. Yeah, I, th- I think but, it was injury. And, and Yeah, but Ma- you started yeah. to get into Patrick yeah. Weirkosh. You got into Cody CC. Yeah. There haven't been a lot that have come through. When you look at the group yeah. right now, you have an elite talent in Sanderson. You certainly have Shabbat. Zub came over, basically trained. And it has been a real problem for the organization to identify talent, to kind of bring it through and see what it can be. And I want to go back to your Jay Bomeister here. A couple of things. First of all, I I think when he hit the peyote is probably when he became a better player. First of all, I think he was stoned from the day he got drafted and then it just kind of went. But there's a difference here. And this is the part of, and I believe the lack of accountability was in Florida. You just basically went to sleep. You're playing in a market like that. You just basically, but what happened with him, Justin, that I don't think can happen with Thomas Shabbat He's a monster of a man. And what yeah. all of a sudden happened, the expectations were gone. What did he turn into? He turned into a monster space eater. He just went yep. into a situation there on that monster blues, a blues blue line that had Pareko, that had him, that had Petrangelo. Yeah. All you wanted were minutes. Well, what ends up happening? Not only does he become that, let's realize my estimation. Now, Liam McGuire's on line one. I think maybe the best defense that Canada's ever put out 
outside of, I guess, 74 with Bobby or whatever. But that 2014 defense for Canada, yeah. that ended up winning in Sochi, I don't think we've ever iced a better defense. And no. Joel and Bo Meester, and I think via Ken Hitchcock, he settled right in. But to your point, that's where I don't see Thomas Shabbat capable of that no. because I just don't see the size portion. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think his ability to skate kind of can create uh, for, for sure, for sure. And, that, and and I think it would just, I, I think it would take good coaching to kind of, and it would take yeah. the mindset of him wanting to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but he can he can he can move the puck, he can transport the puck, he can get back Big time. So I so yeah. I think there's there's you see what he's capable of doing just from his yeah. attributes alone. I think it it really just getting him in the right mindset again, um, knowing yeah. what he is now. And, yeah. and being okay with, uh, hey, I, I might not be the type of player I was in junior, but I can yeah. really help my team win still. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you got to get through that mindset. And, and you know, you talk about Jared Cowan. That's probably something he struggled with. I think mm-hmm. um, he was a he was a point producer in junior. Um, yeah. And and had he just said, listen, I I'm I'm a different player now, and I'm going to help my yeah. team win. I think uh, it would have maybe turned out a little better for him as well. Yeah, I, I thought that initial game, and of all things, I had gone to Minnesota's training camp that year. Opening night was against Minnesota. The Minnesota staff raved about him, and I yeah. thought he was going to be a big space eater. I thought the pivot before the hip injury was actually not bad, and then no, he just no. became the laughing stock of the group. To Thomas Shabbat, and I, from experience standpoint, a few things here, and this is different, because if he becomes a defensive defenseman at $8 million, including $10 million out the door, I don't know. I'm expecting then no, that's fair. Rod, yep. Rod Langway, Scott yep. Stevens. So so yep. that's a debate. But why learned a lesson back in the day? And Randy Carlisle came in with Bruce Cassidy to coach. Sergey Goncher, who we had at the time, and of course, Gonch ended up here and then Pittsburgh. He couldn't defend to save his life. I couldn't believe. And there are a lot of parallels between Gonch not being a real big guy to, to Thomas Shabbat. Thomas Shabbat needs technique. He needs yeah. also to play the left side. Yeah. He needs to play less minutes. Now, can I afford him when he's not running my power play and putting up points? I can't. But that part of turned him into, that's where I learned having someone like a Randy Carlisle around. And that's the fear of with Thomas Shabbat is him going somewhere else because I totally agree. When you can skate, when you care now because of the lack of size, it becomes more about technique, but it mm-hmm. could end up happening. And I thought Sergey Goncher was a great example. And as you said, here in Ottawa, the minutes have been too high. And quite simply, a guy that continues to make all the same mistakes that we've seen now for the last three years. Yep, yep. And that those mistakes haven't been coached out of him, so... No, I mean, is it the chicken or the egg? And that's, I think well, that's yeah. the question. That's the debate yeah. that you see online and, and everything like that. So um, it'll be interesting. Um, hopefully he comes back, gets a chance to kind of watch the game. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe watch some other players in the league, in the league that you want to also be yeah. like, yeah. and not yeah. be afraid of that. Not be afraid no. to kind of get better here. Um, yeah. Like we said, you're not a finished product when you're in the NHL and no. you can always have a chance to improve. I mean, maybe Wade Redden sits with them for a little bit and talks, yeah, you know, yeah, watch yeah. a game with them. Like, like just get creative on how to um, come back and being better. And yeah. And uh, I think, you know, if, 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 if he comes back and is playing above average, I, I think this team's a lot better, obviously. I agree. And just get away from the swoops. You know, that's one of the yeah. things. And I brought up Jamie Baker came back to town and, uh, of course, people know him. Bakes, great Ottawa center, great guy, now works on TSN radio. But it was interesting because when we make comparisons, you're in the scouting room, and if people are comparison mm-hmm. Thomas Shabbat, you're going to bring up all the sexy ones, right? He's going to be Niedemeyer, he's going to be different things. I said to Bakes, I said, listen, this is actually reminds me of, of, of Norton, and not the Norton that played here in Ottawa, but it was Jeff Norton who ended up playing yeah. in Long Island. And he was a great skater. He was a puck transporter. Didn't put up huge points. But ultimately, that's what Thomas Shabbat had become. Now the correction portion, as you said, of sitting him down, realizing can he become a better defender? How is he going to be capable of doing that? And then I guess this is tough too, and I don't think it's forced. I like the chicker move. I like it for lots of different reasons. But in a perfect world, I know guys playing their offside, and I have no problem with it. There's not expectations I'm going to have three right-handed shots. But have you also seen a situation, Justin, unfortunately, after Sanderson and Zub, neither Chicken or Shabbat are very comfortable on their offside. And how much of a problem does that become? No, 100%. I think, I mean, realistically, you want three and three um, throughout your lineup on the either side. So, um, but we're not there right now. So we, you just have to make do um, yeah. and, and then re- like look at things later on after the year. 
um, because right now I I really don't think much is going to be able to change with the yeah. with the cap space and and Ottawa's you know they're they're they have some guys with dead dead cap money um, they have some guys getting off their books next year so, yeah. so that will be a good time to kind of readjust yeah. um, and and it'll be a big big off season for yeah. and I feel like we keep saying it's a big off season for <laughs> the Sens yeah. um, but it, it'll be a big off season with. Um, with the ability to do some stuff and, and kind of change the makeup of your team a little bit uh, and, and hopefully get better. Yeah. And, and that is a curiosity because free agency to me seldomly works. And yeah. if you historically look at Ottawa and we'll see on, on uh, Tarasenko's situation reminds me a little Duclair. Now I was just all over this guy in the preseason. I got to follow my sword. He's been way better than I expected, yeah. but it reminded me Anthony Duclair the year he was here and his contract at the time started at, are you going to do five years? Are you going to do six years? By the end of the year, nobody really wanted him. They offered any move. So we'll see what happens. Tarasenko, five million. Yep. Kubalik's been an absolute dud at two and a half. And yep. you have the five million dollars in dead money that'll come off the books. Yeah, Delzato. Uh, With go back, you're going to be. Pinto's probably yeah. not going to sign a big deal after this. So I think you're in a good spot. Um, yeah. With a lot of teams still going to be that five extra million is not going to help them uh, that much because no. of, of bigger contracts and stuff like that. So I, I, I like where the Sens are at long-term, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but you're going to have to get uh, smart here with, with some moves uh, probably going forward. Well, and, and you touch on the smart part because you're also going to have the salary cap going up. That yeah. to me has been the difference. And I've talked about kind of the augmentation and summer after summer, the dirty summer of daddy ended up having Murray, all the hype about Debrinket last year, some of the situations there. Then this year, what they've done, how different that is. And I'll look at the parallels. First of all, the gold standard in the National Hockey League is Tampa Bay. How methodical all the way back to the move they made with the Sens with Bishop, but overall Chernak building, building. I look at New Jersey, a bit of that model versus should Ottawa or could Ottawa not be a little further along, Justin, when I look at that core that you've inherited and just how many misses there's been on the professional well, side to take it to the next level. And, and, and I'm not talking free agency. I'm just saying in a cap world, players are available. How crucial, and we keep saying it, but how crucial is it for forward progress next summer or whatever that matter it's, is it's, to absolutely spend your money wisely? Otherwise, yeah. this window might open up and close. Well, and and... and when when you lack draft picks um and don't maybe have a high-end prospect group that's when you have to really really be smart with your money because oh, you're yeah. not sure who's going to be coming in uh and helping you you know if you have a guy like let's say you didn't do and you could say that all day but let's say you didn't do the debrinkat trade and you have kurchensky in there now you're now you're like okay i have a little extra money now to spend because yeah. i have uh, this d-man making a lot less money or um, maybe you could flip out uh, one of the defensemen um, for or to have a more balanced lineup. So um, all these things play a part. Um, yeah. and, and when you try and rush when the cap wasn't going up, it gets difficult. You you better yeah. your trades better be right. Unfortunately, and you're never going to hit on on all the trades. But um, oh. you gotta you gotta oh. do your due diligence um, and make sure you're bringing in a, the right guy to the team and uh, the right fit to the team as well. Well, and selling should be a lot easier than buying, but at the same time, from the Sens perspective, outside of the drafting has oh. been excellent and the Carlson trade yeah. has not always been the case. So yeah, you get into all the discussion, all the different things you want to end up doing at yeah. the end of the day to try to prove the hockey club. And I, I, I love that debate and, and kind of talking through how you end up adjusting it. But to your point, when you go through it from the draft picks perspective, uh, what does that feel like from a scouting staff side of when you don't have some of the high picks? Now, this particular case, Ottawa does this year, but what is the mindset going into a draft? Because I've been a part of teams like that. We don't pick till the third round. It is <laughs> it a whole different, long, whole, whole long different weekend. What, yeah. what kind? What kind of? What kind of suit are you? Like, are you bringing your road suit to the draft when you know you're not going yeah. on the stage, or are you still getting <laughs> yeah. all dolled up? Uh, I mean, I mean, you have to act like uh, anything could happen, but it, <laughs> but it is a long. It's a long day, um, yeah. and 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 it changes. I mean, you can say that it's best player available, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's if you have a couple of good picks that you're happy with, that's going to change yeah. the rest of your draft on who you're going to take. You might take yeah. a guy with a little more upside if you're or, you know, if yeah. you took a more of a sure thing. So um, yeah. it's it's yeah, um, 
having one of the one of the things the- I hated in the scouts room though was, and I'll use Adam Oates in Washington, I'll use Matt Sundin in Toronto. Uh, when you have amateur scouts start talking about eighteen-year-old drafts and how they'd look on a line with Matt Sundin, yeah, I, I no, just used to say, no. "Listen, man, first of all, I don't know where Matt Sundin's going to be in five years. Yeah. We don't know if the player is going to fit. So no. let's listen. Let's just sit there, do our thing, kind of yeah. have a separate entity to it. Do your 100%. drafting, kind of continue to focus. And you go back to you make a couple of great points here. First of all, on Korchensky. And this is the process, and I don't think there's a better example. That was a forced move, and I'll take it uh, kind of twofold into another side, talking about pressure on hockey ops to sell tickets. But the Korchensky thing is an excellent example of a forced move that I don't mind the hype at the time, Justin, but I said it's $9 million. Yeah, you don't know but- what the player wants. It's high risk. If you're sitting there with Korchensky right now, which you don't have with Lassie Thompson, you don't have with JBD, you got a guy like this in your system when you all of a sudden turn around and say, well, maybe we could move Thomas Shabbat. Well, you got a guy to fill it. What does that mean for an organization in the cap yeah. era versus, okay, it's great if you want to move Thomas Shabbat and everyone's saying, listen, want that $5 million right shot defenseman to slide in, then a couple of other pieces. Yeah. Who the hell is that player? Makes a massive difference. Um, yeah. And, and when you can, I mean, you see it in the NFL now with young quarterbacks. Uh, it allows you to spend oh. money money elsewhere, right? So um, if you can have guys playing on smaller contracts uh, when you're a team that's hoping yeah. to make a make a dent and make the playoffs, it, it just allows you to add yeah. add in other spots that you, you know, so now your third line might be that much better than other teams' third lines or your yeah. fourth line, which, you know, the good teams roll those fourth lines. So um yeah. it, it it all it all adds up so that yeah. you know every dollar adds up so you got to be careful um and and when you're when you're making trades like that you got to be sure your team is ready to take that step because if not this is what happens you know exactly and you look at the national football league such a great example and the quarterback one to me is fascinating on we always talk in the national hockey league about how you shouldn't draft a goalie high and it's like okay i can understand some of it the maturation process how many picks are wasted in the national football league the difference of you know drafting a great quarterback versus some of the duds that are taken high and then also the pressure on those five-year contracts in the national football league that rookie window and what it means to your salary cap is almost Kansas City is a little different, but overall you almost have to win while those guys are on those deals. Same thing with the National uh, Hockey uh, League, and I know Craig Button had brought it up with Minknov in, in in Montreal would have been perfect. Basically, Wayne in a couple of years to come over. Then the window, just like Kaprizov, when well, he's matured, Justin, and he's actually on on an entry level deal for three years. Yeah, how smart of a move that would have yeah. been. No, hundred uh, percent. It all plays a part, um, and and. Th- Montreal, like they're they're rebuilding, but they're going to want to be good or quick. And, and whether yeah. that's the right uh, the right thought process or not um, is for them to yeah. decide. But but it, it when you force things, you can kind of get in trouble because you're you're maybe not um, doing things how you would if you're willing to you know take your time with things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and and for Montreal side, I don't, you know, I always look at, and I think you know, within the industry, it's funny when you like a guy like Kirby Doc, and then all of a sudden, circumstance in Chicago are interested. I'm kind of like, why are they getting rid of him? You know, isn't yeah. he kind of part of the rebuild? He's looked pretty good in his little bit in Montreal. I, yeah. I don't know enough about him, but I yeah. look at a guy like Newhook, and it's the same thing. I'm like, well, okay, you know, you got a team here up against the cap, and he's a cheap player. Why are they trading him? Suzuki, Caulfield, I like. Slapkowski yeah. to me could be a complete dog. Yeah. I guess to my point, I, I'm not sold on their rebuild. I still look at they've got no, some nice think, pieces, yeah. some nice pieces, but there's just way too many holes there yeah. when you start talking about how are you going to compete with the blueprint of Toronto to Montreal and certainly to Boston. Uh, yeah, not exactly sold on the model so far. No, no. I, and Montreal is interesting because they do have, they've have picked well. Um, they have some good defensemen on the back end yeah, uh, that yeah. are young. Um, so I think what they're trying to do is just supplement some, some guys that it's not, not necessarily working out with the other teams or like Colorado's yeah, trying to yeah. win a cup. So new hooks, not necessarily helping them. They'd rather have a guy like Ross Colton or yeah, uh, some yeah. of these guys that they added that play heavier uh, on the bottom line. So there's a team that, you know, isn't doing as well as Colorado would be, that's going to take them on and see if they can turn out to be a player. You hope you hope 
you know, three or the four turn out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not one of the four. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just also, and again, it doesn't have to be because certainly Boston's interest in Vegas. I would just throw out the whole handbook. I, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. I don't understand the path they took. I don't know how they did. Yeah. I don't know how to do with their goaltending. So we'll throw that one away. Yeah. Uh, I just truly believe nowadays. And it's so evident. And when I hear people talk about, well, the fans won't embrace a true rebuild. I'll go back to one of your points and I'll say from Pierre Dorian defending him a tad, and I'm sure you were around it in Ottawa. I didn't yeah. feel it when I was in Toronto, although there was pressure on us to make the playoffs. One of the things in Washington was quite simply the pressure that the business side brings on to do something on the hockey side. And I remember Ted Lee owns this. I absolutely loved it. He all of a sudden brought up Yager's name. He financially was just paper money with AOL at the time. So it was kind of hemorrhaging money. Caps aren't doing very well. We're in a war zone in a new building. And said to us, what do you think about Yager? Comes into the war room talking to us. And then he comes back later and we're like, listen, we really don't like Yager. Uh, not a great guy. We think he's trending in the wrong direction. Ted gave us, and this kind of pushed the trade along. He just let us know, listen, either you make the trade or you're fired. So I said, you know what? I think we should make the trade. Yeah. <laughs> and no, so you end up doing that. But but the respect being is that behind the scenes, it's not as much as it used to be, Justin, but in the case of Ottawa, there is a lot of pressure in previous years to actually start selling some tickets. Yeah, yeah the massive pressure. Um, and I think, I think the one way to alleviate that pressure is, you know, making good picks. Um, yeah. because they're, they're going to trust you, but, but it, it, it's, it's hard. The owners, it costs a lot of money to run these teams, right? <laughs> so you need to sell yeah. some tickets and, uh, you need to have the fans on board with what you're doing. Yeah. yeah and that, and that's one of the, the reasons from an auto perspective and one of the, you know, I guess crossing points from an auto perspective, I'll never forget. And it felt like some good luck when you were there and Cyril leader was running it. You yeah. really had this kind of climb and a bit of a dip. That first playoff series happened with Montreal and it reignited the fan base. And that, to me, that was, I remember sitting on my couch, South Rockcliffe Estate, beautiful spot overlooking the river. And I remember JG Pajot scoring the winning goal in Boston, oh meaning God. Ottawa would play Montreal instead of the Rangers. I jumped out of my chair. I was so fired yeah. up. And did that deliver right from the yeah. Griba hit on Eller to everything else? Paul McLean taking Michelle Terry into the woodshed. Those were I some loved good it. days. Oh yeah. my God. And, and then, and then here. Here's the, same thing. Here's the same things happening with the hockey and the business side. And then who ends up coming into town? Your good friend, Andrew Hammond, that yeah. all of a sudden picked the bad boy right up. And I yeah. feel like from a juncture standpoint, the franchise is in better shape. But from a business perspective, on paying on a cap hockey team, having paid $950 million for a hockey team, the pressure that the club is on where, and I made a comment yesterday, if I'm Anla or Steos is saying to the players, hey, calm down here. They actually pay the bills. They're the ones. There's a bit of that feeling to me, Justin, here in yep. Ottawa, as you try to rebuild it, bring a serial leader in his ba back is great, but you need yeah. some forward progress versus, yep, well, it's kind of good. And then all of a sudden, if you dip a little bit, where the hell would it go at this point from a business yeah. perspective? Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I love the own, the new owner. Um, oh, I think, yeah. I think yeah. what he's going to do is right. Kind of a uh, Ringo star look, right? Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Look at, yeah. 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 Uh, and he, he strikes me as a leader. <laughs> Um, yeah. built a business from the ground up, um, doesn't take any bullshit. I don't think, um, yeah. and just wants his team and his players to do well. He's there. He's there to help the players. Um, he's there to help management. So yeah. I'm looking forward over a long time, over a longer period to see what he's going to yeah. do with this, with this team. Um, but, but yeah, uh, he's going to want to see yeah. some money coming in as well. He is I, a I agree. After all. No, and, and it's funny. First of all, I, I don't know him, but he grew up in no. Montreal. I'm assuming he's a huge Habs fan. We're around yeah. the same age, so he, Patrick Waugh guy. And 2005, I was going to work for the Leafs lockout year. I ended up playing in the alumni game or the executive game for the American Hockey League. I was a goaltender on one side, and I think Ann Lauer is actually the goalie on the other side. That's um, so I've talked about him that one day and, and I kind of got schooled that day. I just come back <laughs> from the rock, didn't have my own equipment, didn't end up working out. But here is, and we've got to have a little fun because we've been so easy on Pierre Dorian. That couple of weeks ago when he was in the press box and the look on his face when Ann Lauer and Steos, I don't know if you saw the clip or not. Yeah. Uh, if you were to caption that, I don't know if he had sharded and he was a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> but we're well, having some fun. We're having yeah. some fun. But I think we've all been there. That and I remember with your grandfather, he was great. Like it was awesome to watch him on the camera. But how awkward! And to your point, how tense was it kind of down the stretch? And I wonder back to all the stuff happening with Pinto, with Dadnov. 
there's pure done uh, sitting there in a lot. Like, what an awkward can and, I get and a bad feeling at break? the time. Yeah. Oh, he's thinking, well, can I get one goddamn break <laughs> here? And and I've sat in that box many times with uh, oh, yeah. Pierre, uh, Brian, Alfie, Tim, yeah. all those yeah. guys. Um, and and it's not very fun when uh, things oh. are not going well. Um, you're just it's very quiet. Um, oh, the F the F bombs with Brian well, and that, Jimmy would yes, have been awesome. Yes. Hey? Everyone else, yes, and everyone else is quiet, and the maybe some fans on the other side of the box is laughing a little bit when they hear. Oh it, yeah, but, but it's one of my one of my favorite by the winds. Oh, and, and I love it. Uh, I mean, Doug McLean in the press box in Columbus was legendary. There, him and Rick Wamsley, there were holes in the wall. I, I remember. I just, I could. Uh, you worked with Walmer here too. Yeah, I remember yeah. walking by the, the the box one day, and I was like, "Is somebody being a, being killed in here? Yeah. Like, is there a death going on? Yeah. It was so over the top. But one of my favorite scouting things. I was back in St. Louis back in the day, and the scouts row was right here. And right next to it was Ron Caron's box. And Ronnie, anybody remembers the late great runner of the St. Louis Blues, started out with Montreal, old school guy. Well, he had this act that would go on during the hockey game that was beyond comedic. So what ended up happening is he'd be going crazy in his box and he'd look over, uh, um, Justin, everybody would be looking straight ahead. Everybody would have yeah. this look on their face and he'd be ranting and raving, going crazy. So when he realized that nobody was in his box, was paying attention he'd do the old kind of come around to the scouts yeah, and he'd, yeah. he'd give a little lean there and he'd start yelling and talking and i guess to the personality that it brought with now what was brian like because this is another one for managers would he go down to the coach's office after every game or would he just yeah. say sometimes fire up into the car and leave uh so i when I, i'd be with with him at games and we definitely go in the coach's room There'd be some yeah. days that you definitely are like, hey, we're just going right into his office <laughs> and we'll gather there and talk about it. But um, for the most part, it was it was better times kind of whenever Brian was there. So uh, yeah. into the coach's room, they'd ha have to hear what we'd have to say, um, whether they like it or not. And then um, and then on to the next, you know, there's never any hard feelings. Uh, it, you're everyone's men there. Um, yeah. and, th but there'd be, there'd be times for sure that you just go yeah. right into the, right into the offices and uh, <laughs> skip that coach's room. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was also to me, it must've been intriguing. Cause I, I worked for David Poyle, uh, worked for John Ferguson, worked for George McPhee. None of them were coaches. So yeah. that dynamic that well, Brian must've brought yeah, back in 100%. the day is very, very different. And that would yeah. have me crap and bricks because yeah. those guys usually understand that. And Pierre Dorian would say it too. I've never been a coach. You get upset about some yeah. of the personnel stuff. But yeah. Brian must have been a little different that, hey, at but, the end of the day, Brian, the track record speaks for itself. Yeah. Brian was a better coach than anybody he ever had here in Ottawa. 100%. But he he didn't want to lean on the coaches at all and tell them what to do. The odd time yeah. personnel decisions or yeah. or or you're talking about a player, what what the hell was he thinking here, blah, blah, blah. But Brian definitely did not want to um, be telling the coaches what to do. Part of me on the inside as a young younger guy i thought maybe yeah. you should because these, these guys <laughs> need something to be told you know but uh oh, yeah. yeah but yeah it was it was good it was a good dynamic we had yeah. it was i mean paul mcclain uh dave cameron there uh yeah. too tall with uh um uh, johnny paddock action johnny paddock yeah so yeah. The, so the, <laughs> some good relationships there um yeah. but yeah yeah. All right. Well, we've talked enough uh, for today. We always want to say we're going to get on to some league talk so we don't have enough time. Uh, for everyone out there, uh, listen, tonight's the Battle of Ontario. Lots of pressure on Ottawa. Should be highly entertaining. We'll look forward. And some people have been sending in that I need to say something a little bit better here as we're closing out the show. So I, I thought I might go a little anchorman. Do you, do you think that would be strong, Justin, to use yeah. a little bit of that? Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I thought we'd do, we'd do a little bit. Stay safe, Ottawa. Until the yeah. next time, over and out. Over and out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Simmer Down with John Simpson on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.